Well, it's 9 o'clock, so I guess we should get started. Um, first of all, today is Tuesday, February 11th, and we're meeting today for Fiction Old and New, and we're here to discuss Ayat Akhtar's American Dervish. So first, I'm just going to read a short, um, some information about Ayat Akhtar, and then we'll get started. Um, Ayat Akhtar was born on October 28, 1970, in Staten Island, New York. His parents emigrated to the United States from Pakistan. He grew up in Milwaukee, Wisconsin. In a January 2012 interview with NPR, Ayat Akhtar said, I was obsessed with what the Quran meant and understanding how I should live. And it was a very important part of my childhood, but it really didn't come from my parents. I think it had a lot to do with trying to understand how and why I was different and what that meant growing up in Milwaukee, where we were really the only Muslim family in the 80s in our area of town. Um, he attended Brown University, where he majored in theater. After college, he lived in Italy for a year and studied acting. He then came back to the United States and started teaching acting classes with Andre Gregory and earned a master's degree in directing from Columbia University. At Columbia, he and two classmates, Tom Glynn and Joseph Costello, came up with the idea for a film, The War Within. Ayat Akhtar co-wrote and starred in this independent film, which received a 2006 nomination for Best Screenplay at the Independent Spirits Awards. He also had a role in the 2011 HBO film, Too Big to Fail. Ayat Akhtar's play, Disgraced, won the 2013 Pulitzer Prize for Drama. He's also written another play, The Invisible Hand. American Dervish is his first novel and was published in January 2012. American Dervish has been translated into 25 languages and was a 2012 Best Book of the Year for Kirkus Reviews, Toronto's Globe and Mail, Shelf Awareness, and Oprah Magazine. In the NPR interview I mentioned, Ayat Akhtar said that the Jewish writers Saul Bellow, Philip Roth, and Woody Allen helped him think about how to shape this novel. He said, the Jewish, communities, the Jewish community was a community of immigrants, a minority community that was identified by their religious identity. And it was the same thing for us, for Muslims. In my experience, being a Muslim was the primary identifier. Um, he now lives in New York City and is working on his second novel. So um, I thought that we could just start out by, of course, saying what we all thought of the book. And as well, um, you know, if there was a particular character that you found particularly intriguing or uh, part of the story that you really liked. So I will uh, release the microphone and we'll see what everybody thought. Uh, this is Sherry. Um, I really liked the book. It grabbed me right from the introduction. I was intrigued. Um, I thought it was very well written and very interesting. My only complaint would be that I have a lot of Muslim friends and, and colleagues, and I'm sure they don't all beat their wives or cheat on their wives. And it would have been nice to see one positive male adult Muslim in this book. Uh, the only one was maybe Sonny, and he was an atheist, so he kind of doesn't count. So that would be my only criticism. Other than that, I did like the book a lot. I did not like either of his parents very well, and, but uh, I did like him. He was pretty endearing. 
Hi, this is Michelle again. I just wanted to, I'm, I'm so sorry, I forgot to just go over the characters' names. Um, so why don't I do that? Because some of them, I guess, are unusual names. So I just want to refresh everybody's memory. Um, Hyatt was the young boy of the story. And his parents are Munir and, um, Munir and Navid. And um, Mina was Munir's best friend from Pakistan, and her son was Imran. And Nathan was uh, Navid's friend, who was also a doctor. And um, Mina's father was Rafiq. And there was also Sunny, who was the, the one who was married to the Austrian woman. And then there was also Sunil, who was the man that Mina ended up marrying. So just wanted to go over that. I like the book a lot, too. In fact, I really had trouble putting it down. Once I got started, everything else went by the wayside, and I read and read and read. Um, my favorite character, and even though I liked the boy a lot, um, and what he was trying to do in his whole life and what he was contending with, uh, my favorite character really was Nathan. Um, here he was, you know, friends with Muslims and yet Jewish, and he just stood out to me as someone with a lot of character and a lot of drive and and I like the way he was brought in at the end of the book well I like the book I along with Jill I could not put this book down it was a really good book it was very sad kind of because it was about this little boy who was really lonely um and my favorite character, you guys are going to say, what? Because I liked him, and I didn't like him. <clears throat> One of my, the character who kind of sticks out to me is Navid, the father. Yes, he cheated on his wife. No, I don't like that. But he also had some really good things. He handled it badly. But he told his son some really good things. You know, when his son told... Um, Imran about Jews are bad and whatever because of Nathan his father really said you know what who fixed your arm who did this a Jew did this you might want to remember that and that you know he said some good things if only he were a better person but that's what I liked about him well I don't know if I'd say I liked the book or not. Uh, it certainly was a book that gave a lot to think about. I, I did like, you know, I stayed with it for the story. I wasn't sure what I was supposed to take away from this book in terms of, it, was, it seemed like a lot of it was negative toward the Muslim beliefs. Uh, you could certainly see the, the conflict in, in the different religious beliefs. Uh, Hyatt, you know, I was really left wondering, why did he do some of the things that he did? And, you know, we were supposed to, to believe, okay, he's he's given up all the, the reading the Quran and all that, so that freed him. Well, okay, it did free him from the some of the negativity and some of the hatred, but if you lose your faith... That's a pretty serious thing. What did it free him to? What, what's, what's his belief system now? He's given up some of the worst aspects of his religion, 
but what does he what is he left with i guess that's what 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 i'm kind of struggling with so the the book was it was a bit of a struggle just trying to figure what 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 am i to take away from all this portrayal of the 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 muslims and and they came off really looking bad and i i don't know that that was the point of the book or, or exactly what it was well I, I thought you know i thought about the same thing that you thought about john too and i think that the fact that the author is a playwright i think that he was trying to create a, a dramatic situation and he did really show i thought the breadth in certain ways of the whole american muslim experience which is not an experience that everybody is you know has has experienced you know is accustomed to to dealing with so um it, it was interesting i mean i think he sort of made things a little bit more dramatic and i didn't have the same sense as hyatt in fact one of the questions i had was what did you imagine of, as Hyatt as an adult? And we find out at the end when he runs into Nathan that he's a writer now and he's also a doctor. And sometimes I think what happens is when somebody gets to be an adult, um, maybe not, I thought he was maybe in his late 20s or something at the end of the story, but maybe even a little bit later than that, I thought he might go back in some way to his religion. I didn't really sense that he had abandoned his religion at all because I think when it's ingrained in you when you're younger, when you get a lot of religious training as he did, um, I think it always stays with you. And I think he just had some difficulties because of the problems. You know, there were a lot of problems between men and women and a lot of people took some of the things very literally that was in the Quran and I thought the relationships between men and women in this story some of them were, were pretty difficult and also Leela I agree with you I think that Navid was a fascinating character I thought he was one of the most fascinating characters in the story because he was really good and really bad kind of at the same time he was so loyal to Nathan and you saw what happened when they went to the mosque and he defended him and just how sad he felt that when Nathan left and and i think that he he just i don't know that the relationship with the parents i thought was really complicated um you know between uh, Nate Navid and Minir i think there was love there but i think that he just had such problems that he that he wanted to sort of in a way become more american and and that was very attractive to him also so i thought the characters were kind of complicated and i think one of the more interesting characters actually was mina i thought that she was so spiritual and um and intelligent and it was very tragic i think what happened with her life um and and i don't know exactly what he was trying to show with her that she was trying to follow her faith and 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 but you know her her end was very tragic so yes i think it would have been better if there was a more positive male role model in the story and maybe he went a little bit too far um in not having one um you know but anyway we'll see what everybody else thought well I just absolutely love this book. I still have about 53 minutes to 
read. I didn't want it to end. Um, I, I just loved it. It's it, so intense. The writing is so... Um, oh, I don't know what the words are that I want to even use. I just love the way he writes, uh, his portrayal of the different uh, people. Yes, uh, my favorite character was Nathan, but I also uh, agree with everyone about uh, Navid. I guess that was the father's name. Uh, I liked him. Uh, and there were things about each of the characters that I liked and didn't like. Um, but when you think about uh, Hyatt and his being 12 years old, in many ways he was a lot older. And he had to deal with a lot of things that uh, for an older child would not be easy. But he had so many different things going on. Uh, and he was such a little innocent. But at 12, of course, that's how you would expect him to be. But it was really, I'm just loving this book, and I just, I don't want to finish it. I don't want it to end. I want the people to go on and on and on. And, of course, they won't, and they don't. But um, I just, I think it's very powerful, very intense, um, and, um, well, I'm Jewish, so that, the uh, anti-Semitic parts when they're in the mosque um, kind of got me upset, even though I, well, I was very glad about how that turned out. But, I mean, I know that Muslims, um, many of them, don't like Jews. And, um, and nobody wants to uh, think that people don't like you because of your religion. So, um, so it can be tough sometimes. Um, well, first of all, I, I, I know uh, Don and David are both here, and I don't know if either one of you has read the book. So, if you have read the book and you want to say anything about it, you know, please feel free. And um, I think Joni, you had said something about the what a difficult situation um, Hyatt was in, and he was. And I think one of the things that was the most upsetting to me in the story was how Hyatt's mother, Meneer, would sort of bring him in all the time and tell him things about the father that really, you know, he shouldn't have been talking about. And um, it was it was very, that was very, very disturbing to me. And also, um, I think what happened with Imran, Mina's son as well, you know, the fact that she married Sunir and we all know what kind of a person he turned out to be, that he might be the role model for, for this young child, I think was, was very upsetting. And I, I, I'm very happy that everybody so far liked the book because I read this book for the first time, I think in the summer or the early fall, and I absolutely loved it. And I just thought the characters were really vivid. And although there are certainly things you could complain about with, with this story, um, I, I don't know. It just it, it felt very real to me in, in a lot of ways. Um, 
So, um, but the the relationships I think between the the parents and the children, in certain ways, I think were very disturbing, as well as the relationship between men and women, just in in general, in this story. Um, and um, and another thing that I wondered, there were certainly a few scenes of violence in the story, and I wondered if at any point you felt fearful for any for any of the characters. Um, uh, one, I start off, I, I, I did like the book. It reminds me of The Good Earth. It gives you an insight into a different culture and uh, uh, maybe a little more understanding. I think the treatment of Hyatt, the, the boy, the protagonist here, just verged on child abuse. I mean, mother bringing in uh, things uh, about the father and some had no business doing so, but... Uh, it 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 was it's a fascinating book and it, very well written. I I once I got into it, I haven't finished it yet, so I'm about two hours, two and a half hours to go here. So I'll find out what some of these issues are. Um, I agree with Don. I think the way the mother brought Hyatt into their marital issues is certainly emotional abuse. There's just that's just a no-brainer. Yeah, she was she was really bad. I I didn't like her much at all. Um, back to what John was saying about losing his faith and what he replaced it with. I thought about that too. And there was one scene near the end somewhere where he was looking at the sunset or the ocean or something, some body of water or something like that, and really just appreciating it for its own sake. And I guess that made me think that maybe he went back to a less dogmatic version of his religion, but maybe that's just wishful thinking on my part. But I like to think that he didn't totally lose his faith. He just lost the dogmatic aspects of his faith. Um, to me, the, really the, the most shocking thing, I mean, he was so much enamored with Mina and he really, I mean, there's a lot of just total anger in this book. Everybody's angry. And he was so angry with Mina, Hyatt was angry with Mina, that he went and he sent that telegram. And I don't know if Mina and Nathan would have ever worked things out together, but... It was like signing Mina's death warrant when he did that. And he felt guilty, I think, about that. And But that was such a such a, a, a shocker that this could go and write her parents and, and, and really upset so many apple carts. And, you know, you're right about uh, the, mo- the mother, Meneer, dragging... Uh, Hyatt into things that he should have had nothing nothing should have been I mean the way she talked about the white women and 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 cried basically cried on his shoulder uh, was totally inappropriate of course well I, I thought it was interesting that there were two relationships in this story between someone who is Muslim and someone who is Jewish, which, you know, often is is not an easy relationship to have. I mean, there are 
such relationships in, in real life. But it's not, it's not the most easiest one to do. And when we first start out in the beginning, um, Hyatt's girlfriend from, I guess, college is Jewish. And, you know, I thought, you know, I don't know how this is going to work out. But, you know, at the end of the book, it was many, it was a couple of years later, and they were still together. Um, and, you know, I, I did sort of wonder, you know, if this story continued, how that would be, you know, did he, did Hyatt bring the woman home to meet his parents? I mean, what, what, what was going on with that? And, um, and the relationship between, um, um, Nathan and Mina was a really interesting relationship because I think aesthetically they, they probably had a lot of things in common. They both liked to read and they were sort of cultural and they were kind of intellectual and obviously she seemed to be very pretty so I think she attracted men based on her appearance as well. Um, but he seemed like such a nice, gentle man and, and you know, you sort of wondered how it would work and and then he even went to his parents his father had been in a holocaust survivor and his father you know basically said you know you you have my blessing but you know kind of sort of think about what what this is all about so um it, it it's really difficult and i think that was the one thing that concerned me when i was rereading the story was there were parts in the story where they went into you know, Islamic customs and Islamic religion, and sometimes it was anti-Semitic, and sometimes it was anti-Christian too, and I was hoping that nobody would be offended by that, and they would just understand that this is part of the whole experience, and I think that's what the author was trying to show, was sort of the range of experiences, not his own personal viewpoint. Those are very good points, Michelle. I agree with you. I'd like to know if this book will have a sequel because I'm curious, as you are, about his relationship with his Jewish um, girlfriend. But I read this book last year, and I didn't finish reviewing it, so I'm a bit blank why Nathan and Mina did not get um, married or anything. And I agree with Don. It is an interesting look at a different culture, and I agree with several of you who say the male role models are are really lacking, so I keep hoping we find other writers who show a different look at the American Muslim experience. I do think of one, Ibu Patel, who his book was nonfiction, and he's a sort of philan like spiritual philanthropist kind of person, and his book was interesting. Yes, I I agree about the culture part, and I think that is what attracted us. So because it it showed us a life that we. Really, up to that point, at least I didn't really know much about at all. And I like the idea that he showed it from the point of view of so many different people, those who really bought the whole thing, those who didn't buy it at all, those that were somewhere in between, and then to bring in the Jewish thing. And the answer about um, why they didn't marry, of course, is because he was so, Nathan was so incensed when he went to the meeting with the idea of be- becoming a Muslim and then to be harassed so by the the uh, minister, uh, he was furious. And, of course, there's no way he could buy into that religion. Um, and I think his, his dramatic interest really showed in this book. This would have made a wonderful play. I have a question. <clears throat> My thought was that, yes... I really liked Mina 
she was very intelligent she was very spiritual and I actually liked I like books about different cultures I like to know about different things different stuff and so I really appreciated the fact that they did go into the Quran a little bit and that they did um, you know talk about that but you would think that as intelligent as she was she would have known that Hyatt had a crush on her and when that crush was so it was starting to deepen and yet she did not do anything about that she didn't handle that I don't think I, that had a big impact on his life as well which is really sad because you had <laughs> you had this poor little boy you had the mother bringing him in emotionally about his father then you had the father being drunk and also treating Imran like a second son and that you know he got jealous about that then you had Mina who was I think trying to be an auntie or whatever but he had a crush on her but she didn't deal with it and really it, it made for a very hard life for this poor little boy I think I, I think she did know he was getting a crush on her I think she was exploiting him to a point maybe not but that, that was my my impression there I was uh, kind of curious that incident at the uh, mosque it was beautifully described but how the iman sort of entice, invited him in and like he, it, entrapment I think that, and then really blasted the Jews once he got in there and uh, set him up in, uh, in other words but he was kind of accepting of him out there just like any minister trying with a potential convert and bringing him in so uh, I guess that was my impression yeah, I thought that was really crummy, too. I, I really did set him up. I thought that I don't think she knew what to do about the crush, and anything she would have done just would have humiliated him even more to have him know that she thought of it as a crush. I don't even know if he had totally understood it himself. I was wondering if you guys thought that had her parents, Mina's, Mina's parents not shown up and interfered, had that letter not been sent, do you think she would have gone ahead and married Nathan because she certainly had support from Navid and Munir even though she didn't have support from the local um, mosque that's hard to say I felt bad for her because I wish she had gone on and married him she'd have had a much better life um, I mean really and um, as far as the crush thing that that was disturbing I really didn't like that part of the book that was bizarre to me you know I, I agree with you Sherry I think that she I think she didn't really realize maybe the intensity of the crush, and she just looked at him like he was a little boy just a few years older than her own son. And even so, I just had the sense that she just didn't really maybe take it as much into because she was working with him to teach him the Quran, and then that incident happened. And then after a while, you know, she sort of went back to, to teaching him. And I. I don't necessarily think that Mina and Nathan would have lived happily ever after. Um, I think if they would have had children, that would have been a big issue because I think often that's when it, it comes up um, is that if you have people of different faiths but they decide to have children together, 
it's you know Muslim and Jewish. It's it it would be a hard combination, I think, to to have together. So maybe if they were older and sort of past the time that they were going to have children, then I think the relationship would have had a better chance. Um, and Nathan, I thought, really liked Mina, but I thought a little bit he might have just been a little bit taken in by her appearance. Because when he first saw her, he sort of fell in love with her immediately. And he just seemed to go along with really whatever she wanted. And that's very romantic and everything. But I think that when you're with somebody all the time, um, these differences do come up. So I'm not saying you can't surmount the differences. But I think it, it might have, I mean, she would have been a lot happier than she would have been with Sunir. That's for sure, because he was awful. But I think it might have been a little bit of a difficult relationship. Well, I think that um, Nathan thought, oh, yeah, I would really, I would convert because she wants me to. And, well, I could still have my Jewishness and convert to, to being a Muslim as well. And it wouldn't be that hard. And then after all that happened at the mosque, he kind of realized, wait a second, um, I can't be both. Um, and maybe in his heart of hearts, at one point he thought he could, you know, he was willing to do, as, as someone said, he was willing to do anything for her. But um, I think that it dawned on him, I mean, but he was, he was, so taken with her and I think he really did have a broken heart when things didn't work out and uh, he was he was just totally crushed and he just couldn't he just uh, it just really it was difficult the breakup that's what I'm trying to say was so difficult for them but then no, I think uh, that I agree with Michelle. They, they could not have really been happy together. I've I've known uh, several friends that uh, were Jew- Jewish people, married Christians, and uh, I remember my wife's church. We, I was a non-member of the Episcopal Church, also, but uh, uh, basically the kids became a member of one church or another they gave that up and they didn't try to convert to the other one at all I wondered uh, that too about whether Mina and Nathan would have ever married it seems as though when Nathan uh, when Nathan when Hyatt confesses to her that he sent the telegram it was like no big deal she made her choice her choice wasn't based on that that if she had really wanted to marry Nathan she would have done it but she almost chose this other route. Uh, that that issue of the crush, I'm glad uh, you bring that up because that seemed to was that the the main motivating factor for Nathan to send that telegram. It was his feeling toward Jews, but it almost seemed like that's almost a jealousy thing. And the other thing, uh, Rachel. We don't see a lot of Rachel, and she's not a main character. But she says something interesting because uh, Hyatt has kind of given up his faith, and Rachel says, oh, yeah, I'm, I'm Jewish, but I'm an atheist. 
Can you be both? Well, I, I think what Rachel meant was that she was born Jewish, but now she thought of herself as, as an atheist. So, you know, so I guess, you know, she's Jewish, but she's, she's kind of not Jewish, but maybe she'll go back to it later. Um, and I think Mina, to me, when her parents came from uh, Pakistan to the United States and we met her dad, <laughs> it was like, and her mother too. And I, I, I really had more empathy for her than, than I did before because she was, I thought she had a really difficult life. I mean, I thought she was raised in a, in a very, I guess, abusive situation and they didn't want her to go to school and, and they hit her and I guess they forced her to marry Imram's father and she wasn't treated too well in that situation and I thought she really took a lot of abuse in her life and and I think that her and Nathan really did love each other. I think she felt very bad about not being with him. And you could see at the end that he really felt bad, too, because he was, I think he wasn't married at the end when um, Hyatt meets him in, in the coffee shop. And he said that Mina was the love of his life. So they really did have a very strong feeling for each other. And maybe they could have surmounted it. I mean, I... I, I, I felt bad that they didn't try. I don't know how easy it would have been. I don't think that um, Jewish and Christian is the same as Jewish and Muslim. I think that there's a lot. In fact, I heard a show, I was a little surprised that 60% of Jewish people now who are getting married marry outside the faith. So that's three out of five people. There's a tremendous intermarriage between uh, Jewish people and Christian people in the United States, not that there's that many Jewish people, but a lot of Jewish people marry outside the faith. But I don't know that there's as much uh, intermarriage with, with Muslim and Jewish people um, because of the history in the Middle East and, and also because until recently there really hasn't been that many Muslim people in the United States and they're not as involved in the culture. I think Jewish people have been here longer for the most part. So it's not exactly the same, I think. But anyway, I thought it was interesting when we met Mina's family and we really got to know, know her, 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 her history. And, um, and even her relationship with Munir was interesting, too. It was sort of like a sister, almost a little competition at times relationship. So there were a lot of good relationships, I thought, in the story. Another thing I thought was fascinating, too, because I, I knew the women weren't very highly regarded but remember the first husband all he did <laughs> sent this note and said we're divorced and that was the end of it which just shows you that women had no power at all and so that was the case too when her parents came to visit I mean she was just the daughter who had not very much to say about her own life I think um, the reason Hyatt wrote that letter was totally out of jealousy I don't think he really had deep down any ill feelings against Jews at all. He just spouted that off because he was so angry and full of resentment towards Nathan. And so that's how it manifested itself. I thought the ending was really, really poignant too when he met Nathan in the coffee shop. So Don, you and um, Joni have something to look forward to in the, in the ending of the book. It would have been nice to know what happened later. Well, I Again, we go back into cultures and religion and stuff. It was, it was, I agree. This poor Mina, she had a horrible life. 
I mean, she just had her baby. Guy comes in. He says, I divorce you, I divorce you, I divorce you. And, you know, I had heard that something like if you wanted a divorce, you had to say something like that three times. It's interesting to know, you know, sometimes you hear things and you don't know what's true and what isn't. It's interesting to know that that's true. You you had to repeat that three times. And then they were talking about Sharia law, which I've heard a lot about, but I don't know about. And I just, I just liked, like you said, Michelle, this book seemed to me to be very realistic. Um, some of the deep conversations that the boys had and that, um, you know, were had by Nathan and, and, um, Hyatt at the end. This book was extremely real. It was, is a very, I think it was a kind of a, um, a book of inner self too. And that's what I like too, because you saw his inner turmoil. You saw what happened on the outside as well. And it was really cool when his father supported him when he had read the Quran in English and they were laughing at him or whatever. But his father was, yeah, again, you said it. You kind of liked him and you kind of hated the guy, but he was there to support his son, you know. It was a really, really good book. One other thing I would have liked to have known at the end is poor Inran. I mean, he was such a sweet little kid, and then he was so happy, and then he ends up with a stepfather like Sunil, and, and you just got to wonder if Sunil's ruined him now. You suspect he probably did. I was going to add that I was um, unclear, because like I said, it had been a little while since I would read the book, but did like it. What made Mina's husband divorce her, I had forgotten. And I have also heard about that I divorce you thing and that it works. And that Sharia law sounds ghastly. I hope they don't try to bring that here under freedom of religion. Well, I think that they would very much like to conquer the world and bring Sharia law to every place. And with Sharia law, they are not allowed to listen to music not allowed to laugh and um, I I don't know any Muslims that I don't know well I live in a um, in an area of the country where there are a great many um, people from India and uh, and I don't know who are Muslims and who aren't um, I've had some run-ins where they feel that their children, I think it is up to the age of seven, can do whatever they please. That means running around the halls of my apartment building and um, um, screaming. The kids can scream and they can just do whatever they want. And they're not disciplined. And they keep them up till midnight every night. And um, I've had my problems with them, but I decided uh, I'm just going to, they're not going to change, and I've got to, I'm living here, and many of the people, the other people that uh, live in my building have been very nice to me, uh, but they don't know English very well, and the women are treated like, like chattel. Um, 
they won't speak up for themselves. It's all their husbands. Um, and I read a lot uh, about uh, Muslims because uh, I'm fascinated by them because they hate the Jews, I guess. And I, I'm interested in knowing, you know, what did we ever do to them? Um, well, there was an explanation in the Quran that they quoted, but they quoted several different things, and much of which Hyatt did not understand. And um, I find it fascinating, but I, I have read books where the women are totally considered just nothing. And if you noticed that at the wedding, there were two women... They needed two witnesses. So there was a man, and there were two women, because two women really were not as good as one man as a witness. So they were not, uh, not very sympathetic to women, and I think that that holds true in many, many cultures throughout the world. Well, I think what's interesting, and and when I listened to this interview on NPR, is the author was talking about how he looked to the Jewish community when he was Jewish authors when he was writing this book because I think that there is a certain similarity. It it, it does make sense because I think when you're when you're Jewish when you're Muslim because you're not Christian, I think that people. Eat, even when you're American, they still identify you by your religion, whereas if you're Christian, they don't identify you with by your religion, although there's many different types of Christianity. And I think, and I think what happened with Jewish people, in my opinion, is probably what's going to happen with Muslim people too, because a lot of Jewish people came to the United States in the late 1900s, early 20th century, and when they first came, like, my ancestors, my great-grandparents, um, you know, basically they lived in, in certain areas. They spoke Yiddish at home. And gradually, um, their children and their children's children became Americans. And when I, my parents, my father's gone, but my mother and my, and my father would speak Yiddish to each other in the house. But myself and my siblings, we don't really know Yiddish. I just know a couple of words here and there. And I think that in my opinion, that's probably what's going to happen with the Muslim population, too, because they're not here that long. And I think in a couple of generations, just like you see with the Asian communities, it's the same thing. Um, I know quite a few people whose parents were born in Asia, in Asian countries, but they were born here or they came here when they were very young, and they're completely American. Um, and, and I think that that will happen over time. I, I, I just think that's what happens in this country. And what Sherry was talking about with uh, Imran really was very upsetting um, because you can just imagine with Sunir as his role model, this poor little boy, I mean, all he wanted to do was have a father, and he looked to Navid, and he wanted Navid to be his father, and of course Hyatt was jealous of him, which... You can understand, you know, that he was jealous of that relationship, but it was it was a very very sad to see. And I was happy at the end when I saw a little bit of what Hyatt had become, in the sense that he became a doctor, in the sense that he became a writer. I thought of him as somebody who was very thoughtful, 
and I really hoped that he would, you know, in a way come back to his faith a little bit when he gets older. I don't know that he will, but I just didn't have the sense that he completely abandoned his faith at all. I was hoping that, uh, yeah, that he came back to his faith, too, in a less dogmatic way. I was just going to say that, I mean, most of the Muslims that I know are, are Sunni Muslims, and they're not quite as conservative and none of them would like Sharia law in this country any more than, than we would. And I think there are religious bigots in, in every religion that pervert the holy book for their own purposes. We see that in, in some extreme Christianity, too. Um, as far as Imran, I would have been nice at the end if Hyatt would have said something about keeping in touch with him or something. You, you would think they would have main, tried to maintain a relationship because Enron was in high school, and so he did know that and mention that, but they didn't say how he was doing, unfortunately. I think somebody mentioned a sequel. I would probably read that, too, to see how everybody turned out. Yeah, I th- about uh, Jewish and Muslims, uh, historically, uh, I think the, uh, the Muslims treated Jewish people better than the Christians did in Europe. Uh, I'm talking about medieval times and up through the time, and in fact, Baghdad had the largest... Uh, population of Jewish people in the world, well, not maybe in New York later on, but uh, so I think, of course, with the when Israel came on the picture, I think that that created a lot of the or prolonged a lot of the anti anti <laughs> the, the hatred, shall we say? I wanted to comment on uh, something Michelle said about cultures and how they diffuse and languages become less spoken. She mentioned her parents spoke Yiddish, but she didn't know it. It reminded me of my grandparents who spoke and understood the particular dialect of French spoken in South Louisiana, the particular patois of Cajun French. My mother says she understands it, but doesn't speak it, and of course I don't know it. So it happens in our culture, in different cultures too. So many of my ancestors had been here since the 1700s, but did not speak English and had their own culture. And I wanted to ask, what um, if somebody might take just a second to tell me if what was the reason Mina got divorced from husband number one? I was that, that's the part I don't remember well. It's interesting you would say that because I know my mom came from um, a Mennonite Amish background, and all my aunts speak um, Pennsylvania Dutch, what they call and. and that never translated down to me. Um, I think the reason I got divorced is because she left. Um, the mother-in-law was treating her really badly, and the the her husband was just a you know a doormat and let his mom walk all over her. And his mom talked him into divorcing her, and then he was going to take his son back at a certain stage, but he couldn't do that because Mina was in the United States and they wouldn't allow it. Yeah, I, I, I don't remember exactly, but I remember she went home to her family and she gave birth to um, to Imran. And then as soon as she gave birth to him, I, I don't remember if she was in the hospital, but pretty close to that time, she became aware that, that she was told that he um, divorced her. And he said that he was going to take back his son when his son was seven. So she was sort of on the clock. She had to really, you know, get him out of, of you know out of that situation and and they came up with this idea that she comes to the United States with him and that she would be protected there um they didn't go into all the details about that but that was that was the sense of of um of what we're going to do and 
Um, okay, so I hope that answers your question. Yes, thank you. I would never ever have gone back to Pakistan. And like Don was saying, it's funny the Jewish-Muslim thing because in Baghdad, they were treated well at one time. In parts of Spain, before Spain became Catholic, they were treated well, um, better than by the Christians. Many of them fled in 1492 to the court of the Ottoman Sultan in Constantinople, where I believe they were treated very well at one time. So it's, it's interesting about the Muslim-Jewish dynamic. It sounds like, yes, the mother-in-law was controlling that situation. She, for some reason, turned against uh, Mina, and almost like she turned the first husband, so maybe she was the controlling person. What do you think exactly was Mina trying to tell Hyatt in the hospital uh, with regard to her suffering, that she accepted it, because it was planned by Allah or something. I, I didn't quite, but, but what, was she, what was she trying to say there? Yeah, that was my sense. I think she was basically saying that it was, it was sort of God's will and that, that this is what God wanted in, 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 uh, in this case, which is, you know, is, 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 it, is what people, many people feel that when these things happen, there's really no answer why do I get this terrible disease? Why does this this horrible thing happen? Why did I, why did my child die? Um, you know, um, there's no answer, and I think that that was the answer. I I thought she was a real believer. I I really did mean it. I thought she was the person in the story who really believed the most. Even though I guess in in this religion they don't have as much. Um, interest in, in having women be believers, I guess, as, as men being believers. But I thought she was a true believer, and it was difficult for her to be a believer because she really wasn't treated that well through her whole life. And I think it was that's how she saw it that you know this is what what God intended for her. Is is there a contradiction there between Mina, who's this highly intelligent person, she loves to read, and she you know, she's this very independent person on the one hand, but on the other hand saying, no, I can't leave my abusive husband even though he beats me uh, because it's God's will. Do those two attitudes fit together? Well, I mean, it's kind of like if you're Catholic and you don't believe in divorce. Um, you know, it, it, there are some people who, who do not believe in divorce and that I remember I worked with somebody, um, and she was Catholic, and she did not believe at all in birth control. And, you know, that was what the Pope said, and you were not supposed to use birth control, and um, and that's that was her belief. So, you know, there, there are, religion is, I, I don't, I'm certainly no expert on religion, but there's, there's a lot of... Uh, varieties in the way people believe, and she just seemed to be. She seemed to really get a lot of pleasure out of out of out of her religion, and and it was interesting to to see a character like her because of the way she had been treated personally. Um, and and I agree with Sherry. I mean, it would have been nicer to to see some more positive role models, you know, uh, for um, who were. Um, you know, Islam and, and, and positive, and I, I think that's a failing of this particular book, that they really didn't have that. They had complicated characters, but nobody who was really 
you know, so positive. The scene in the mosque was was really difficult, and I don't know if that would happen in real life. Um, you know, that's not something that that I'm I personally know if that would happen or not. But and and again, I thought some of the stuff in the story he was enhancing really for dramatic effect, and I think a lot of it just came out of his own childhood experiences of being the only Muslim family where he grew up in Milwaukee and. Um, and I guess, you know, having, feeling isolated, feeling different. So it's, it, was, it was an interesting story. And it didn't bother me personally. Um, I feel as though what the author was trying to show us was how different people reacted to the Muslim religion. And he certainly showed us a variety, including Nina, who had faith in spite of all the terrible things that happened to her, you know, clear to Naveed, who had no faith at all. And uh, so this didn't bother me, and it doesn't even bother me that the young boy apparently ended up with no faith at all. If he outgrew it and he didn't find anything else to replace it, that doesn't bother me. Yeah, I used to work with uh, abused women at a women's crisis center, and it was not at all unusual for women to say that their ministers have told them that they needed to stay with their husband, that it was their fault and they needed to be a better wife. So that happens in all religions too, sad to say. Um, It's getting close to the top of the hour here, and this has been a great discussion and we can keep discussing it, but before we get to the top of the hour, we wanted to tell you what the book would be for next time. And I'll let Michelle do that and I will type it up in the uh, screen at the top while she's talking. Okay, so this is a little bit confusing, so we're going to write this all in the newswire, but we're going to do something a little little bit different next time. Um, we, we invited an author to come and, and talk to us. Um, his name is Steve Yarborough, and he's written nine books. Um, he's also a professor. Um, he teaches writing at Emerson College in Massachusetts, and um, the thing is that there was only one of his nine books on Bard. I'm sorry. Only one of his nine books is on Bard. It's called Prisoners of War. And it's a period piece, and it's set in the Deep South. And I wondered if everybody would want to read this type of a book. So I went to Bookshare, and five of his books are on Bookshare. And I picked the book that is his... Um, most recent book, which is called The Realm of Last Chances, and I'm actually almost done reading it. It, It's very good. It's a contemporary story, and it's actually, it's the first book that he's written that's not been set in the South. It's it's set in in Massachusetts, where he he lives now. So we thought that we'd offer you a choice. Um, You could read the Bard book, which is Prisoners of War. You could read the book that's on Bookshare, which is called The Realm of Last Chances. If you're very ambitious and you want to read both books, that's great. If you don't want to read either book and you just want to come and listen to the interview, that's fine as well. Um, And the other change is um, Baba Costa had asked when we have authors if it's possible to do it at a slightly earlier time because Ron, who's the engineer... Um, is on the East Coast, and it's difficult for him to do it from 9 to 10 at night. And as it turned out, Steve Yarborough teaches a class on Tuesday nights from 6 to 8. So we compromised, 
And we're going to meet next time, um, which is March 11th, from 8.30 to 9.30. So I'm just going to go over this one more time, and I'm going to write it all up in the newswire. And I hope all of you get to see the newswire. I know um, there's an announcements list for... Um, for the different groups, and also I always put it on the DB Review, which I, I know many of you are involved with. Um, so the, the book that's on BARD is called Prisoners of War, and I will read the description. It's a period piece, and I, I don't know if this is going to appeal to everybody. Um, it's a historical fiction. It's Mississippi, 1943, 17-year-old Dan Timms, who yearns to join the army, works for his uncle with an African-American friend peddling goods from a bus. When acquaintance returns from the front to guard German POWs, Dan sees another side of war. Strong language and some violence, Penn Faulkner finalist 2004. And then the book that's on Bookshare, a few of his books are on Bookshare, but I picked this one because it's his most recent book. It's called The Realm of Last Chances, and I'm actually almost done with it. It's a really good book. Um, I'm going to read the synopsis from Bookshare. It says, in a captivating departure from the Deep South setting of his previous fiction, Steve Yarborough now gives us a richly nuanced portrait of a marriage being reinvented in a small town in the Northeast in his most surprising and compelling novel yet. When Kristen Stevens loses her administrative job in California's university system, she and her husband, Hal, relocate to Massachusetts. Christian takes a position at the smaller, less prestigious college outside Boston and promptly becomes entangled in its delicate, overheated politics. Cal, whose musical talent is nothing more than a consuming avocation, spends his days alone fixing up their new home. And as they settle into their early 50s, both of the characters are in their early 50s, the tombs seem to exist in a separate spheres entirely. At the same time, their younger neighbor, Matt Drenan, watches his ex-wife take up with another man in the hometown with only himself to blame. He and Christian, both facing an acute sense of isolation, gravitate towards each other. The Realm of Last Chances provides us with a subtle, moving exploration of relationships, loneliness, and our convoluted attempts to reach out to one another. And I, I heard him interviewed, and he talked about how he was very inspired by what was happening in this country, how uh, you know a lot of people were going through difficult ef economic times, and he wanted to write a novel that really, you know, talked about that experience. And um, and it's also, I think, it's it's an interesting book if you're middle-aged or if you're a little bit more than middle-aged because you've lived a lot, you've, you've had a lot of disappointments sometimes in your life. And, you know, how do you, how do you deal with that? How do you, um, you know, how, how, how do you just sort of find happiness and, and, and find a future? And it's, it, I don't know. For me, it, it has a lot of resonance. I, I, I'm really relating to this story. So um, you have two options, the book that's on Bookshare or the book that's on Bard. If you want, you can read both. Um, you'll definitely have a chance if you want to ask him a question. He seems like a super nice guy, um, really nice. I mean, he offered to change his class <laughs> to a different time to accommodate our group, which I, I couldn't believe. You know, this is a graduate school class. Um, so I, I hope that you'll come March 11th, and we're going to write all this up in the, in the newswire. So, and if you have any questions, you could always email me or email Sherry, and, you know, we're happy to, to give you all the information. So thank you, everybody.